Welcome to New Life Church. I am Pastor David Ayer. I am the lead pastor here. And uh, we are glad you're here with us. Just so you know, this is how we're going to do this. I don't want to interrupt the flow of the Spirit, so we are not going to receive an offering right now, just so you understand. There will be ushers at the doors when you leave. If you want to drop an offering in the plane as you go, you are welcome to. But we cherish the flow of the Spirit here. We cherish what Jesus shows up. And tonight, I have the privilege of asking them brother to come and minister to us about what we just sang about. Because I don't know about you, but most of us in this room don't really know, don't really get the love of the Father. Because most of us grew up without dads in the house. We don't know what it's like to come home have dad be there with you. I believe that tonight we're going to get education. Spiritual education is coming to us, including me. So, Pastor Gantmuller, I would like you to come and just share your heart, do whatever you want. Uh, if you do cartwheels across the front, I'll, I'll figure out a way to explain it. But I want you to have your liberty. I want you to give us what the Lord has given you. Deposit that in us tonight. And then we all welcome Pastor Gantmuller. Back inside of us and live through us. 
You be very careful in the short time that we have on this planet that you don't interpret the gospel some other way. You don't make the gospel to serve you. Do I have this on right? Are we good? Are this allowed? I, I mean, I'll just go for the preach, but I know. Oh, this is serious. Lord Jesus. I thought you Should I flip off the. Just turn on. I'll do this. This, yeah, I don't know what's happening there. Okay, I'll do my best with this handheld. Growing up, I'll just tell you this. Growing up, I never understood the gospel. Every time I heard the gospel, it was about me getting forgiven and getting a blessing called going to heaven when I die. That's the only thing I understood growing up. He was somehow going to love me no matter who I've been and what I've done. And the cross said, I forgive you. And I said, okay. <laughs> and someday I was going to go to heaven when I died. The gospel is so much more than that. Heaven, you're not, you're not waiting to go to heaven. He paid a price to put heaven back inside of you. Back inside of you. Christ in you. Is the hope of glory. So let me just say this as plain as I can say it, as nice as I can say it. We are not Christians to have a better day. We're not just Christians for blessing. This thing isn't about even just our well-being. This is about new life. It's about us being transformed and changed into what he intended in the first place before there was ever any separation from God through sin. Yeah? I've met countless people in the 23 years I've been saved. Challenged, not just challenged by life, driven by life, decided by life. We just said about, we didn't have fathers growing up, a lot of us. Mine was alcoholic. I didn't hear I love you when I came home. Or I had an alcoholic daddy. I, I didn't do a lot of things with my dad growing up. He took me fishing when I was young. He took me hunting. There was always drinking involved, and he was always influenced, if you will, by the alcohol. So I didn't have a, oh, I love you, son. I don't know that I ever heard in my whole growing up, I love you, out of my dad. If you're not careful, you'll let that matter today. You don't find the love of God through your dad. You find the love of God through Jesus crucified on the cross. I didn't have to have a loving dad to, to receive the love of the Father. The love of the Father and the love of my dad has nothing to do with each other unless my dad would be born again, spirit-filled, and in the know. But he wasn't. So here's the problem. Psychologically, I believe I have to have a loving father to relate to a loving father. Why? Because we call him a father? I find a loving father through a crucified son. I don't find the, the father through my dad. I find the father through the son. In fact, what is special is that y'all have and some of you are clapping. Watch this. I don't even have to have everybody treat me right to be all right. Why? Because of the way he treated me. I find myself in him. And then I live from that truth. 
But before I knew Jesus, I found myself through you. Before I was born again, I found myself through you. And if Jesus would have shown me this in the bedroom, nobody would have taught me this. They might have just been teaching blessing, provision, heaven someday, protection. All the things that benefit me instead of transforming. Yeah. Come on. Because your view, your perception of Christianity and why you're a Christian determines what you live, what you manifest. It actually writes your legacy. What you understand is going to be revealed through the way you live your life. What a man believes is seen through the way he lives his life. So do we let life speak louder than truth? Do we let the things we're going through decide who we are and how we are? Or do we let what he went through, what he accomplished, and who we become in him? Do we understand putting off the old, putting on the new, new life? Or are we just looking for blessing, provision, protection, and a smoother ride because of him? You'd be very careful. Because if that's the truth, you'll let the things that happen to you decide how you are instead of the things that happen to him. All of a sudden, you'll let what people don't see decide what you do see. You'll let what people close to you and where they are decide where you are, where they aren't decide where you are. And the whole time he's gone. Right? You with me? Yeah. I just learned something 23 years ago. It's happened. It's got me so happy. <laughs> For 23 years, I've lived this as true as I stand here. This has been one of the biggest, probably the biggest revelation that he gave me when I got saved. That I find myself in him, not you. It's the only way I can finally love you, because that's what I'm here for. If I find myself for you, I'm only as good as you're doing me. And I always need something from you, and you could possibly fail me. And all of a sudden, I'm where I'm at because of what you did or where you are. And all of a sudden, my life's being decided by you, even though I sing, it's decided by him. But if I could let the gospel teach me this one thing, that I wake up every day, to be more like him, and nobody owes me a thing because love owes no man anything but to love. So if I wake up and nobody owes me anything, my day's already set. <laughs> of course, we can be encouraged by one another. The only time that's not healthy is when you constantly need encouraged. There's a reason you constantly need encouraged. And if you're depending on the encouragement of others, you're only as good as they're fulfilling that. So your eyes are on the wrong thing. It's actually a form of idolatry. We just don't like to talk about it. We think everybody needs encouragement. I'm so encouraged, I don't know what to do. Like, like, like it's hard to calm down sometimes. Talking about it. Seriously. Because see, you just see me on the weekend, but I live with me. It's different. I live with me. I like it now. I used to not like me. You used to not like me at all. I used to need you to like me. Feel I used to be driven to get attention. I'd be driven to feel valuable. Everybody in the room at some level knows exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Because of what happened. What happened? We gotta understand what happened and why it really came. 
in the church in America, I'm not putting her down. I'm saying we've got to be very careful we get this thing right. We've got one crack at it called life on the earth. Let's make sure we understand it in all our getting and understanding because we're distraught by what we don't understand. Let's make sure we understand why God sent His Son. You say, preacher, that's so basic. I found that across this land when I travel, the average good-hearted, sincere, believing Christian doesn't have a strong answer why God sent His Son. They believe He sent His Son so they can be forgiven and go to heaven when they die. That's all they know. And somehow in the package, He's supposed to take care of us on the surface. That's why discouraged people show up in church every Sunday. Because life's not going the way they would think it would. That's why people fall in and out with God, up and down, have issues on and off. The only way a person can be mad at God is if they think he owes them something. Well, we know that's why they're mad at others. If you woke up and nobody owed you anything, even your spouse, how could you have animosity? If your highest goal was to be like him and to shine, how can you have animosity? You'd overcome evil with good. You'd tone down a harsh word with a kind word, not push to be right. But here's what we've done. We've taught ourselves to live a certain way. Well, actually, the fall taught us to live that way. We were born into this thing, but it's the way that seems right to a man. So we've been trained by it our whole life, homeschooled in this wrong home. So then when truth comes, whoa, when something new comes, whoa, and all of a sudden we tend to just get lost asleep and think the way we've been is the way it's always been. Isn't it amazing when Jesus came, he freaked everybody out? Why? He wasn't normal. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He's not a pacifist. He's not a pushover. He's not a doormat. He's love. He's amazing. His heart never failed and his life never changed. No matter how wrong they did, he just kept living the same. No matter how much they tried to decide what was wrong with him, he just kept doing right. And then, never had the power to decide and change and decide who he was when he was concerned. Why? He already knew who he was. He said stuff like, I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. He said, the Father, he's always with me. He never leaves me, always too. <laughs> he said some amazing, confident things. And people were like, who's your father, Joseph? On the night he was betrayed. He didn't live betrayed. He took bread and broke it and passed it and gave it, gave his life. He took the cup and said, This is my blood and went and died. On the night he was betrayed. It's not because he had enough. I'm tired of being betrayed. I think I'll just go and die. No, no, no. He gave his life. So you gotta make sure on the night you're betrayed, you don't just call a friend and cry and ask for prayer. Because then you're not following Jesus. It's a giveaway. You, yourself is way too involved. See, when you're betrayed, if you live betrayed, it's about you. 
But when you're betrayed and you live like him, then you're following him. When you're betrayed and you get laid after a while, you're following Jesus. We're not called to just sing to him. We're not called to just pray to him when we're overwhelmed. We're called to follow him. He said, it says in 1 John 2, if any man says, says, he abides in him, he will walk even as he walks. He said, the things I do, you'll do if you believe. Not just talking about power and miracles. Talking about heart, mercy, love, and forgiveness. How God why is it always just power? Why is it always miracles? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we say no transfer in heaven, no cancer on the earth. It's not always, right? But why do we always go there with the power of God? What about the heart of God? No animosity in heaven, no unforgiveness, no miracles, no
That means I learned it from another kingdom, another realm. Yeah? You guys all right? Call no man on The teacher. You got one teacher. He's the Christ. So the way that seems right to a man, that's not going to be personal. That's what leads a majority of our lives, even if we're good hearted, to see a need for sin. Because we have rights. Well, he said, well, if they wouldn't, then why would he feel this way? If they did, well, why did they have to? Well, I thought they would. Well, I trusted them. Well, you can't tell me that wouldn't hurt me. Well, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Who ever heard Jesus talk like that? Where have we learned the language? Throughout. Self-centeredness. All about me. All about me. Guess why a lot of people become Christians? For their sake. Not his name. Because if it was really his name, we think about our lives and what we represent. It would just change the way we do our jobs. If we were seeking first the kingdom of God, not just our well-being, our lives would change because of it. Let me finish this point on sonship. I was trying to get past it. I thought, I don't think I need to do it, but the Holy Spirit's got me back. I'm just backtracking. I'm a loop back. Remember I was talking about you say that I said? You say that I said? You say, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, boy, that should get our attention and stop us in our tracks. But I say to you, well, who is he? Happens to be the Lord. Happens <laughs> <laughs> to be the truth. You say, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy. Why had nobody be my brother and make me feel that way? I'm not living as a pastor, son. I'm not enabling it. That's what people say. Was Jesus an enabler? No, he transforms lives. He said, if I can lift it up, I'll draw them into me. I'll show what love looks like in the flesh. I'll manifest it. I won't just preach to them. I'll live the sermon. Now I have something to follow. I didn't come to just preach at them. I came to show them what I'm talking you just come with a set of rules. He came with a life. And he's so confident in that life that he said, when you see me and the way I'm living, you've seen the Father. You will be done on earth and it is in heaven. I'm getting it now. The way, brand new and living way, the way, not Jesus, the way to heaven. He never said that. He never said that. He said he's the way back to the <laughs> You pray for that go to heaven. You can just get religious. You can just get theological. You can just be technical. Hey, I pray. I believe Romans 10. Read it, pal. I'm in. I'm in. Look. 
still be mad at your spouse, still need to be right, still not performing on the job, looking like Jesus, still hurt by the people that do you wrong, but you're in the book, praise God. It's not the point. The point is for his life to be inside of you, shining through you, his life to be through The point is the old man being dead and the new man raising up in the newness of life and the resurrection power of the Lord The whole point is your transformation. For God so loved the world that he He said, as the Father sent me, so I. Why do we always think power, miracles? He's talking about love. Amen. Because everything he does, everything he does flows through who he is. You don't even want to know that you're gifted about love. They don't mess you up at times. You'll find your identity through the way God uses you instead of your identity through who he is in and you can be used in a miracle. You can be used in a word of knowledge. You can be used in a sincere prophetic word that brings amazing things to pass. And I'm true animosity with your spouse and not even know how to parent your kids and be offended. Why? Because gifts and callings are without repentance. But if you find your identity, your spirituality through how he's using you instead of you becoming him, you're going to make a big mistake and misrepresent the truth of believers. And you'll be at your best when he's moving through. And you should be at your best because he's always in you. He's always with you. He said, you say love your neighbor and hate each other. But I say love your enemy. Pray for those. Not talk about. Pray for those. Not talk about. Pray for those who persecute you. Give to those who despitefully use you. Why? So you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Who causes the rain and the sun to come upon the righteous and the unrighteous. For what credit is it to you if you love only those who are loving you? It's Matthew 5, it's there, it's the gospel. It's amazing how we miss this because I've been a pastor. I've seen so many hurt people, so many discouraged people, so many people with stories and stuff, just like there's stories and stuff in this room. We've got to be careful to not live by that story, but live by his story. We've got to be careful to not let where we've been decide who we are, but where he's been is the truth about me. If life is new, why are we living from the old? If we have the present and things to come, why is yesterday still deciding today? Why is tomorrow always yesterday? Why are we looking back, getting frozen? Why are we Lot's wife and say we're his bride? Paul said there's one thing I do not do. Forget the last So you can't say, but brother, you need to be more sensitive because you don't know what I've been through. You're talking about your life, you're talking about it in the flesh. So if you say that, you're so unfair to yourself. Because what you're doing is you're justifying where you're at. You're, what you're saying is I have a reason for being here, which means there's no conviction to be anywhere else. You've locked yourself in to your story. That means tomorrow's always yesterday. Are you with me? Now watch this. We're scared. Then I counter and try to tell you what I've been through. 
And now I'm in for a little more help than you. And then somebody else rides up and says, wait, brother, you guys don't even have a story. Until we're all done in this room, the best little accomplish is who's been through the most hell. And then we'll call the worship team up and sing it's all about heaven, and I'm confused. <laughs> because if we do that, how do we help the person in their story if we don't understand who we are through the truth? If we obviously don't understand it, it doesn't matter. What? But talk really plain. Doesn't matter that my dad didn't love me growing up. That has no bearing on me being a Christian, receiving the love of God, and being fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Because the best thing is now, I don't have issues with dad. I don't have unforgiveness. He's not a story in my life where I, you know what I mean? And then when I get saved, he can see freedom in me, love in me, and all of a sudden he can actually get something from me. Why? Because I'm not hurt. I'm not a little broken boy trapped inside. We've been tricked through the fall of man to try to find our identity through things we were never created to find ourselves through. You can only find yourself through him. If I find myself through my dad, there's times I'm drinking through a dry cup. No wonder I'm thirsty. And then Jesus comes and says, hey, you should have asked me for a drink. If you had asked me for a drink, I would have given you a drink. It would have been living water in just one drink, Pastor, just one drink. And you'll never thirst. What's he talking about? Identity. Knowing who you are. One drink of me. Find who you are in me. Settles it for the rest of your days. Never thirsting again. Never longing again. Never searching again. Never insecure again. Never hurt, heartbroken, and offended, and taken back. Why? Because the gospel is true, and it is for You know what it means? You know what it means? You know what factor, supreme being, the governing source and force of your life. The Lord. Then why do we let so many other things matter more than what matters most? Why do so many of us get tricked into a situation where we're only as good as things are going? We get so self-conscious and all our prayers and faith are wrapped around our circumstances longing for the day that they change. And when they don't change, we have questions. Where is he? I thought he loved me. What did I do wrong? Why did he let the devil? How come? Did I open the door? And you're never established in truth because you're full of questions. And if you're full of questions, you can't know who you are. I did not wake up today for my circumstances to go well. Never even crossed my mind. It's the freest place you ever live. Come on, I challenge you to jump into that river. To wake up and not even think about your circumstances. It's irrelevant. You already got things that have settled forever, established, built, founded on this rock and this truth. Yeah? You're going to wake up to be more like Him. You're going to wake up to shine. Come hell or high water, you have the same calling, same destiny, same grace, same purpose. Amen. Whether your spouse is doing well or not in their attitude, you can know who you are and shower them with love. I'm not the brightest man, but I've learned something. It takes two to tango, 
takes one to pursue peace. Takes two to defend it. Takes one to pursue peace. Blessed are the See how I got you roped in? Where do you know where to go? Come on! This is blessed are the peacemakers, not those that are full of rightness and have their issues so lined up with a court case mentality. You got their spouse pinned against the wall and they got four friends that agree. That's a good way to never be like Jesus. Because you're justified in something outside of you to stay that way. When you say, brother, lighten up, you don't know what I've been through. What you're doing is you're making that matter more than the real truth. Do you see how you're hedging yourself in emotionally? Even though you don't like living there, it's the only place you've ever found identity, so you That's what I've learned. That's why people hold on to their past, whether it's good or bad. It's the only place they ever found any sense of identity. In the past. So we identify with how it unfolded. Let me show you why that's so, so deceptive. God made man in the beginning. Would you agree? Who believes that we didn't come from a mud puddle? Big bang, tadpole. You know, hairy animal. You believe God said, let us make man in our image. Wow. In our own likeness, let's go ahead and make him. Let's give him dominion over the works of our hands. The next verse, so God, it's Genesis 1, 26 and 7. Next verse, so God created man in his own image, both male, or in his own likeness, both male and female, in his image, he blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. What's it talk about? The image. Multiply the image. You two come together, eat seed after its own kind, cover the earth with my glory. Come on! Genesis 2. Who, who came first, man or woman? Watch this, ladies. This is awesome. See, in Genesis 1, ladies, watch. I'm not trying to get you to like me. You already do. I can feel it. I can tell you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. You're not here to serve the man. That's preached all the time. They take a couple things Paul wrote. You are here for his image. Your number one reason for being alive is his image. The same as that purpose of the man. Yes. It doesn't say, man, let your light so shine and women polish their lamps. I've never said that before in my whole life. That just came out right there. That's the original. That's the original. That's the original. You got the original. Right there. That's the original. 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 That's you would never compromise in men. If we ever see it, we would never sell them to you. Or live at their expense. Because they're worth Look what he did. He made man in his image. In Genesis 2, it's the whole laid out story. He's looking at the animals and he's going, whoa, male, female. He looks at Adam and this guy's power packed full of God. He's not lonely. It's impossible. He's full of God. Why did God make man? To express himself, to manifest himself on the earth, to multiply himself. 
So what's he said? It ain't good to man's alone. There's nothing comparable. He's not saying, poor guy, he's lonely. <laughs> what he's saying is he has nowhere to go with the glory of who he is. There's no, no avenue of expression. I found this in Ephesians 3. To know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge is to be filled with all the fullness of God. I looked up the word fullness, you know what it meant? A house with no empty rooms. It meant a town with no empty houses. It meant a ship so completely full of cargo there's nowhere to place one more box. No babies. Not for sale. Together? Why? To know the love of Christ. You can't convince me Adam was a bum baby. He wasn't like, oh, you poor fella, I got a plan. I'm going to put you to sleep and surprise you when you wake up. <laughs> no. He said, there's no comparison. So what did he do? Put Adam in the deep sleep. When did this happen? When you looked at the animals and saw that there was, all of them had one comparison, male, female. They can multiply. They can reproduce after their own kind. What's his kind? Image. Son. First son. In the flesh. Whoa. God is man. Man and God. One. There's nowhere to go with the glory of the The psalmist says, what is man? What is up with this man? That you're so mindful of him. Like, like, what is man that you that you visit him, that you give him dominion over the words, right? Ah, but it's all here. So he puts him in a deep sleep. Guess what God does? He reaches into the fullness of God in man. He reaches into completeness, to fulfillment, to the beauty of who God is in the man. He doesn't make another lump of clay. That's not where you came from. You didn't come from another lump of clay. You came from the fullness of God in there, in the beginning. Guess what your number one job description is? To be loved by God through the man. Loved by God through, not lusted by men, loved by God through the man with the laid down selfless life and heart. Why? So you can yield, trust, and, 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 and be so touched by that love that you open up to it because it's the safest, most amazing place you've ever been. And in that place, two or one, in that place you conceive, in that place you multiply and give birth to the same. To the whole earth is filled with his glory. And you know what we've turned it into through the fall of man? Self-centeredness. Hey, she's hot. Whoa, he's a hunk. Hey, I'm not getting any younger. Hey, you know, I've been alone for a while. Hey, I think I'm going to trying to look up. Raging, raging, 
devour. All of a sudden, instead of, I love you, with a life laid down, it's, I love you, you love me? All of a sudden, our lives are driven by me. Instead of fulfilled. All of a sudden, I'm with you because you benefit me. Sorry, I wish I could be more romantic, but I'd rather stay in the truth. That's why people can say, I love you, and turn right around and say terrible things. It's why people can say, I love you at night before bed, and say, I can't believe that. You're so stupid. Why don't you ever get it right? But one morning I'd like to go to work and just have you just shut your mouth for a minute. And then the reason it hurts so bad is because they don't know who they are either, because they're trying to find who they are with you. We call it marital trouble, identity crisis, lack of understanding, destroyed from no knowledge, no single eye, wide view, multiple choice. It's not marital trouble. It's identity crisis. It's living outside of him. Go need counseling. You need to die so you can live. Why not? Well, you ought to be so his life could live in you and you can love him and you can love her. I don't want to be born here. Well, then you'll never be able to love you. Always need you. Be selfish your whole life and everybody else will always be your problem to do it. Stand before God and go lose. That's how I counsel you. Everything else is psychology. You study human behavior in the fall of man and you empower it. We don't need to break it down and diagnose it all. Self-centeredness is your motive. That's why you're so mad. Yes. They aren't pleasing you. Well, you shouldn't position them to please you. You're out of bounds. They're going to fail you. You're setting them up to fail you. Now, they're your reason for who you are. They're the problem always. Now, you're safe from conviction. You'll never change. The face might, but you'll never change. And you'll search to find someone that works for you. Die on them. How's that for straight talk? Where are schisms? It's Paul. Where are schisms and arguments? Come from among you. Because you fight and you want and you can't have and you're living like you're mere men. Human wisdom, human reasoning. I don't need to diagnose a problem. I need new life. I'm not bashing psychologists. I know it sounds like it. What I'm saying is it's a mere form of wisdom that has such limit to it that allows them to stay the same and try to work together. The gospel says be transformed and become one. That's different. Then try to manage your emotions and work together. Marriage 50-50, lot of work, brother. No, marriage is I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Lay down my life. All that is mine is yours. Well, what about all that is theirs is yours? That's not why I enter your covenant. I enter your covenant for all that is mine is yours. Has God changed when you stepped out of covenant? 
Did God change his mind about loving you? Did you always do right since you believed? Did God ever change his mind about how he sees you, what you're called to, and what you're created for? Why did he change? Because he's loved. Why did he change? Because we do a lot of things for ourselves. And we ought to just expose it, be real, repent of it, and work to get past it. Most of the time, I love you really means I need you. You're working for me, you benefit my life, you make me more solid than I've ever been. And behind it, without saying it, there's this attachment, please don't pull out of me, I don't know what I'd do without you. Well, there's only one that deserves that phrase. I don't even want to get mushy and goofy with my way. I don't know what I'd do without you. Keep your eyes on Jesus, keep moving forward, and go ahead and live inside. And walk in the light as he's in the light. Or do you just want to light a candle and live in fantasy? Oh, feel. Because if you live that way, when the light goes out, you're toast. And then you can't recover. You can't eat, and it ain't because you're fasting. You can't sleep, and it ain't because you're interceding all night. Come on! I'm getting straight now. You get in your mind. You should do whatever I want. I like when you're on the front like that. That's the best cheerleader I've ever seen. That's awesome. It's awesome when somebody's heart shines on their face. And you can see their sincerity in their eyes. That's what I'm excited about. I look down at you. She leans forward. Come on. I love you is a whole lot better. Jesus never let a man change who he was. He had a lot of opportunities. He was totally right. He keep treating as if he was totally wrong. He was good. They treated him like he was a detriment to society. He was the truth. And they treated him like he was a and he didn't let it change who he was. He said, why? He said, because he was Jesus, because he was love. Yeah. He didn't come for him, he came for us. I guess what he said, Pastor, it's Matthew 16, we've read it over and over. We've all read it. And if any man come after me, in other words, if you respect me and you see something in my life and you want to come after me and follow me, then there's one thing you want to do first. You've got to deny yourself. Why? Because it's the biggest problem on the planet. Men living for themselves when they're made for God's image. It's the biggest dysfunction. It's like running the wrong gas in the motor. No wonder it sputters and shuts off. No wonder if it's hidden this. Why stand on the planet? Let us make men. Man in our, in our, what do you tell Adam? That tree over there, knowledge good and evil, the day you eat that tree, friend, is the day you should die. Did he fall for dead? We said, well then, something had to die. Jesus said, if 
Father said it's the day you surely died with. We didn't fall over dead one time. Everybody says he died spiritually. We don't even know what it means. It just sounds spiritual. The image died. It's the day you. Who is he? Image. What died the day he ate the tree? Everything he was made to He got cut off from the source of love and became in need of love. And every man since that day was born into Adam. And he must be born again. And he turned it into a beneficial prayer that sends me to heaven. Instead, it restores me back to becoming what I was created to be. That's why we have so many frustrated Christians. That's why we have tons of, not me, tons of divorce and marital issues in the church because we don't understand why we're saved. We think we're saved for our sake, and it's supposed to be for his name's sake and for the image. He even told in the Old Testament in Ezekiel's day, he said, I'm not going to do this for their sake, I'm doing it for my great name. Because everywhere they went out among the nations, they profaned and misrepresented who I was. And the whole reason they were my people was so the nations of the earth would know me through them. Old Testament. <coughs> Christians, little Christ-like ones. That doesn't sound like issues. That sounds like following him. Loving not your own life unto death. Seeking not your own. Watch this. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. This is Jesus. Red letters, Matthew 16. This is a Christian. Why? Because it's not president. It's not politics. It's not terrorism. It's not racial conflict. They are not the big issues on the earth. It's everyday people wake up and live for themselves when they're made for God's image. Every day. That's why the church fights herself vehemently over doctrine and theological backgrounds and upbringing and traditions. Why? Because we're defending something that has to do with us or we wouldn't be so vile and disdain one another. Because if somebody was that far off, you should cry for them. Not hate them, you should weep for them. For our whole lives, it's been easy to cry for ourselves, not the person in trouble that did wrong. See, the person that does wrong is the one in trouble. Because if they knew who they were, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. We should weep over that, not weep because of that. Jesus came and wept with compassion because he was face to face with the fallen men that were made for his image. Nothing was made that wasn't made through him. And when he came, they couldn't even see him. And he wept because they couldn't even see him. He's a Lazarus too, and he wept, and we think he's emotional because Lazarus is dead. Glory are twisted emotions and sentiments. He's weeping because life is standing in front of them, and all they could honor is death. He made them for his image, and they couldn't see him. He groaned inside. I looked up the word. It means vexed and dignitary and murmur against. That means he was groaning inside, going, oh, he's not frustrated. He's not belittling. He's not offended. He's groaning. He's going, these people, they are made for my image, and all they can see is death. They are so far from what they're created for. I'm so glad I came. 
Mary, get them guys to move away this stuff. Not a story about him. 
So Adam eats the tree and gets completely separated and cut off from love. He's created to be loved, but he's reduced to needing love. All we've ever known in this room from the time you were born to me is needing love. So we relate to it. And we teach messages around that as if that's the way we all are. And we tell everybody to be sensitive to each other, encourage each other, and we make each other the responsibility to keep each other out of hand. It'll never work. Because you're not on the earth to need that. You're on the earth to be that. I can prove it scripturally. I got like 10 scriptures. I can just... First Timothy 1 5 says, The goal of our instruction, the purpose of the commandment is love. When God said, Let us make man in our image, what's the image of God? He's not talking about a head, arms, or legs, because God's a spirit. What's the likeness of God? What's the image of God? How do we define God? Of course, He's glory and majesty and all power and, 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 and rock of ages. God is love. That's what do love. Yes, love. He made man to love one with him. Not driven by me. Moved by love. When Adam ate the tree, Adam didn't just sin, he took on the nature of God's enemy. Eve was deceived. Adam followed her instead of God and became the same thing. Self-centered, full of pride. God unto himself. Everything you see in the devil, you see in the fallen man. You think with me. Who's the only one that's truly hopeless on the earth and can never repent or be changed? The devil, he loves it when people made in the similitude of God live hopeless and believe that. He loves it more if he can just live that way forever and take as many with him as they can through the pressure and the burdens and whatever. Maybe even the easy way, just kill himself and get it over with. And all of a sudden you're not even taking what's yours, you're taking what's his. It never was your life. From the beginning it was his life in you. You'd be amazed how prevalent suicide is even in this room the temptation and the thought at some point in people's life just to end it all, just to end it all. Life's too tough. I can't take it. I just this, I just that. Well, I'll get even. I'll make them. Sorry they ever. I'll kill myself. Unfortunately, I have to live with it. There's so many motives that people do it for, but what they're missing is it was never their life. It was always his life in them. So what they're taking is his life in them, not their life. It was never their life. So it's my life. I'll do it the way I want. It never was it's always been his life in you. And because you're not pursuing that, that's why you're so frustrated, deceived. That's why you're so exempt. That's why you're so hopeless. The only one on the planet is the devil that truly has the right to be hopeless because there's no chance of repentance. His day's coming. He was already judged. There's fire and chains waiting forever for him. He loves when people that are made in the image of God look like him. It's the only way he believes he can win. If he can take you and pervert your way. That's why the Bible says, put off anger, wrath, malice. Put to death 
fornication, uncleanness, passion. He said, your whole sex drive, sexual, all your view of sexuality, kill it as you know it so it can come in a healthy way. He didn't say moderate it, balance it, control it, manage it. He said, put it to death. Why? Because all we've ever learned from was the foundation of self-centeredness. People say, well, God gave us emotions, not the ones you grew up with. That if you those. They're all hinged in a wellspring of self-centeredness. You were angry before you could speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody popped a little binky out of your mouth and you were going Here's the thing about that baby, just like when you were a baby, you had no idea who you were. And you needed identity desperately. You needed love, protected, value, stability, and a lot of us didn't have those things. So guess what? At a very young age, you became nothing more than a product of your environment and how it went down and how you responded and what you interpreted You found yourself through life, and I believe of it. And you believed about yourself according to the way it happened. That's why people cleave to their story. It's the only place they ever found that. They're 45 and they say, well, I'm this way because when I was 10. Well, if this way isn't producing life and isn't the way, shouldn't that be challenged? Because you're not 10, you're crucified in Christ. The old man's dead. You're 40, all things are new. You're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are... See, Scripture nails this thing. (laughs) When I've pastored, I've heard all those lines. And sincere people that mean well that are not hypocrites. And deceived. If any man come after me, that means everybody's invited. And first deny himself. If you deny yourself, how do you have so many rights? <laughs> See, when you deny yourself, what you're doing is you're giving up all your rights to obtain one, to be like him. So live by the Spirit, go after him, and grow up into him in all things. Not to sit back spiritually religious and say, well, that's impossible to be like him. And let grace take you as far as possible. Why don't you get in the race? Why don't you just get in the race? Why don't you stop selling cheap and finding truth through each other when you find truth through him? Let's stop following each other's experience and let's follow him. So if you can't see it in his life, why is it permissible way mine? It needs challenge. I bet grace will kick in if we are what we are by the grace of God. Yeah. <laughs> and if grace works through faith, then I guess we shouldn't throw away faith if that's where grace comes from. So I guess in the morning when I wake up, I want to believe. That he loves me, that he lives in me, that he made me clean, that he wants to shine through me. And that I love not my own life unto death, and that's how I overcome it. Yes. Yeah. 
and nobody owes me a thing today. I woke up for one reason. Mercy woke me up to give me another day to be on camera. See, if I live that way, guess what it does? It makes me free from you when I don't need you to find myself because I found myself in him. So now I'm finally free to love you and actually manifest him towards you to bring out the best in you. So this actually connects us more in a healthy way. If I'm free from me, if I deny myself, guess what? I'm automatically free from you. <laughs> if I don't need you to encourage me because I'm encouraged in this truth, you can never fail to encourage me. Uh, and even if you see me outside of what I believe, I still believe. Yeah, I'm in the best place of my life. Like nobody can keep me from him now. I'm in, I won. Like nobody like that you gave me. Oh, it's amazing. I almost took a picture of the show to my wife. It's a beautiful bed. I'm going to be in that bed tonight. It's a king bed. It looked a bit nervous. I'm going to get in there with the king. <laughs> and nobody but me can keep that from happening. That nobody on the planet can keep me from hearing his voice tonight. And knowing him.
for holiness, but how can you turn to the holy? Because yeah. it changed from the inside, and it's changed the inside, the outside shall be changed. They marred Jesus more than any of the sons of men. Marred him more than anyone was ever marred. Now you think with me. You think of the worst sadistic stuff that men have done to men. And the Bible says, not me, the Bible says he was marred more. This thing is serious. He ain't playing. There's a parallel to everything. Why did he die? So we never die. Why was he separated from the Father? So we're forever joined. Yeah? Come on. He was bruised. And the chastisement of our peace and our iniquities. Right? But why was he marred more than any of the sons of men? That means when they were done beating him and flogging him, there's no way we could tell who he was. No way. Why? Because they've done that to men, and he was marred more. When you burn somebody on a stake, and you pile wood around them, when the fire finally goes out, can you tell who was on there? Could you even tell if they were a man or a woman? He was marred more. So what they're saying is, he wasn't burning the stake, but he was pummeling the beat to the degree that when they were done, there was so much swelling, so much blood, so much disfigurement, that there's no way you can tell who he was. Why? Because when sin got done with Adam in the garden, he didn't look anything like he was created to be. He lost his appearance. And Jesus had to come and lose his and become like us and recognizable so we can bear the truth again and get the image back and be joined to the Father. That's why Paul says, I'm not ashamed. He's not saying, I'm not ashamed. He's not puffing up like a rooster. I'm just not ashamed. Like, it's not a boastful statement. What he's saying is the power and beauty of the motive of God is so overwhelming. I will never be ashamed of what's so life-changing. What he's saying is, I'm not afraid to stand on the street corner with a bullhorn. He's not saying that. What he's saying is, I'm going to give my whole life to this. Because it's where I find my life. In Him. Not waiting for heaven someday. The kingdom of God is here. Don't look there. Don't look there. It's in you. Come on. So let's get to the moment of God tonight. So we're in rock and roll. So what did you understand when you walked in here? Where are you at now? What's your home look like? What's your life look like? What's your workplace look like? You say, oh man, this is the altar call. The altar is your heart before God. It's not even about lining you up there all the time. It's about you saying, what are you going to do with this truth? What is this going to mean for your tonight and tomorrow? Because this is why he came. He came so that we could bow down before him and give it all so we can stand up and the scepter of righteousness can come upon us, boom, and mark us as if we've never sinned and empower us to live by the Spirit. <laughs> Guess what Jesus said? I give you a new commandment, but it's not a new commandment. It's what you have from the beginning. 
And it was to love one another. What was in the beginning? Let us make man for our image. Out of that image, he made the woman. He made two out of one, so two could be one. <laughs> Come together and reproduce after their own kind. First law, seed time, harvest time. Eat seed after. So you know them by their <clears throat> You with me? Wow. Ain't this amazing? So what's that mean to you? You were born into Adam, Romans 5. Through one man's disobedience, we all became disobedient. Through one man's obedience, we can all be saved, right? That's the gist of the chapter. It's amazing how we turn born again into a confession and prayer that benefits my life. Instead of born again, restored back to the Father, to original value and original purpose. Yeah. To where you love not your own life unto death. You deny yourself. You seek ye first, not second, first, the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus talked plain without being a strange person. He said stuff like this. Unless you love less, your mother, this is an important list to us. Unless you love less your mother, your father, your spouse, your children, your houses, your land, and yes, even your own life, you'll by no means ever be my disciple. What's he saying? You'll never be a wholehearted follower of discipline and love why you're here. If you let one thing on that list matter more than why I'm in you. Now watch, why is that so healthy? Because most of us get tricked into being Christians for the well-being of that person. That doesn't mean you don't believe for protection. That doesn't mean you don't pray over your family. But unless you love that list less, you'll by no means stay in the race until the end. Why? You'll let something matter more than what matters most. And in that, you'll be mad at God. You'll indict him. According to your mind. Well, why did God? Well, how can we let him die? Well, we pray to pray. Well, I'm just not, well, I'm just not praying right now. Well, I'm done with going to church for a little while. I just need to take things off. Hello? And all you're doing is singing your own worship song. It's all about me. <laughs> not being insensitive about being raw and real. My mother died of sickness. I've seen so many people's mothers heal. I saw two people healed in the same service in the sickness she died. If I didn't understand what I'm telling you, that would affect me. What affects me is, is I'm learning, growing, maturing, and beginning all things, and I'm on to something, I ain't let nothing change my mind, even the death of my own mother. Why? Because if I turn to and run, I become a product of what didn't happen, what I don't understand, instead of a product of his truth. So what happens if somebody else's mother comes along? I can't let my belief dictate on the results of my mother, then I don't even have faith for your mother. My faith has to come from him, his life, and his word, not my former results. And if I let life decide what I believe, then I'm most deceived. Because when I see Jesus, 
I said, you're from the New Testament. They were seeing their mother down there in property, and obviously, and that stop. Why are you writing theology when it's already written? Oh, yeah. Why are we constantly trying to find God through the way life unfolds when God's already revealed through His Son? That's why we will never come. We're always learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. If I'm a Christian for any other reason than His great name, something on that list is going to throw me. I'm going to find my identity through my children. Now I'm only doing good if they're doing good because they're a direct reflection of me. And I find my identity through how you see them. Because when you see them, then you think of me. That's why people freak out over their children. Cry and cry and call them love. It's because they're finding their identity through their children. If my children are struggling, why can't I shine? If I let their struggle, if you struggle with me, now we're all unproductive. And the whole thing is let your light so shine before men. So anything that confronts the light is deception. Anything that hinders it from shining is wrong believing. Right. Jesus' is own men were betraying him, and he was still shining. <laughs> his own brothers came, and his mom and thought he was a little low. He was still shining. <laughs> You couldn't do enough bad against him to shift his good. You don't repay evil for evil. You overcome evil with good. And the only way you're going to do that is if you learn what it means to deny yourself. And what you do is every day you wake up, you teach your heart, you talk to God loud, loud. Father, thank you for another day. What a privilege life. Sure things complaining and praying for grace on the job. <laughs> Come on, man. Here's what Christian prayer looks like a lot. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, God, 530 already. Oh, Lord, you know I need some mercy. Oh, why don't you keep me from having to be at three?
Lord, I don't know why I can get a new job yet. I don't know why I want to introduce him to answer. I mean, you know, I can't stand my job. I hope I don't got to work beside Billy Goff. Please, for the assignment thing this morning. No work beside Billy. I would thank you forever. <laughs> you know, you think that sounds a little dramatic, but that's not too far off. We're praying for God to change people's attitudes because they get under our skin. Why don't you get new skin? Yeah. Well, they just push my buttons. Go buttons. <laughs> See, if you're touching, you'll be touched. See, none of this stuff we say sounds like denying myself. It sounds like very self-conscious. Yeah, that's good. That's true. Whoa. I'm bringing it right now. It sounds very self-conscious. My day, my God, to help me through. <laughs> and then we say, we love him so much because he's going to death. <laughs> and if our day doesn't go up, what am I doing wrong? How do I increase my faith? We're reading the Bible for promises that refer to our day changing. We're reading Psalms, cut off their head, break their arm, cut <laughs> 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 their eyes. <laughs> Okay, Old Testament, no revelation. All sin and death, reaping what you sow. Hello. It's a little different mindset over here than you're coming through what you want. Deny yourself, pick up your cross. What's pick up your cross look like? Well, you don't let sin against you, you give the right to produce sin in you. You don't ever retain evil free, you will overcome. Whatever you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. That's what denying yourself looks like. You know, it's a real simple couple lines. That's good. I don't do much in a couple lines. I gave you a gift right there. So I'm just telling you, for 23 years, you don't have to believe me. I'm just challenging you and inviting you. For the time will tell if I'm telling you the truth, so either I don't fear the heart and I'm in for a big surprise and you're in for a laugh. I'm telling you the truth for 23 years. This is what I've lived, this is what I see. And the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eye is single, not wide, he lands multiple choice, yeah, but I feel. No? If your eye is single, your whole body is flooded with light. Doesn't lay say unless, of course, your best friend just hurt you. Unless, of course, your spouse just did something against your hopes. It says, if I see clear, I'll be clear. But if the light in you is darkness, it's weird. If the light in you is darkness, that means you created for the light, but if the light just got perverted and it's darkness, how great is that darkness? What's he saying? Just how twisted and low choices you feel. Let's talk about your perspective, Pastor. The eye, your perspective, where you live from, the why behind your life, what you see, where you live from. If that's single, you're good, period. That's how Jesus walked, the way he walked. We say because he was Jesus and he missed because he was love. We make him a special, meaning 
God sitting up there just making him be with. The reason he lived the way he lived isn't because he was Jesus. It's because he was powerful. And he said, follow me. The only way you're going to do it is if you deny yourself and pick up your cross because that's what you're seeing in me. Ain't that awesome? Yeah. If not, he'd be hanging there going, instead of Father, forgive them. They don't see. They don't know who they are. But we know. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. Instead of that, he'd be saying, you bunch of idiots. Are you kidding me? I've done nothing but good. I've healed you sick. I've touched your lovers. I've raised your dead. What are you missing here? And you want to put me on this tree and think you're doing all a favor? Are you kidding me? Barabbas, what an insult. He killed a man. I raised the dead. He causes conspiracy. I'm pursuing peace. And you want to kill me and let him go? I've had enough. If you didn't change by now, you'll probably never change. You say, oh, Jesus can't talk like that. Why? Because he's Jesus. Because he's love. And if he made us for his image and said, follow him, I guess we should never talk like that because he didn't teach us that. So if we're talking like that, where are we going from? Certainly not him. Let no man be your teacher. God, why? Number two. Why? You with me? Yeah. So watch this. There's not one thing I preach tonight that you can't pursue and live by faith apart from any other factor or person in your whole life. So this is where you decide what you're going to do with Jesus. Are you going to keep him your way to heaven? Or way to new life? Come on, man, you got the right name. New life. I like it, man. I come in and all these, these guys that are working and serving, they all got life. They got life. I like it. There's life. I can feel it's a man. You guys got a lot of life. to give you and life. So if what you're believing and what you're thinking and what you're seeing isn't producing life, can't be the truth. Don't let a self-centered twist. So what do we do? We repent from things. Get alone with God. We thank you for this privilege. We talk to him and know what he's looking. Thank him that he loves you. Stop trying to feel it. Believe it. Yes. Okay, I just need somebody lay hands on me so I can feel God's love. How about believing it? Because if you keep teaching yourself to live central, you'll always be central. You're feeling away from whatever. Yeah, but I don't feel. Yeah, but I feel. Yeah. So people, we've spent countless hours ministering to each other based on feelings, impressions, flashbacks, memories, and dreams. Instead of just ministering truth. Yeah. I've learned in 23 years, most people don't need as much prayer as you think in the truth. Yeah. It's not ministry that makes you free, it's truth. Yeah. Sometimes the highest grace we receive is the fact that somebody seems to care. We're supposed to know he already loves you. Listen to what we do. We go into a church, we leave, somebody says, How was that church? church? Did you check it out? Oh, I checked it out. How was it? I don't know if I'm going back. Why? Oh, it didn't seem very loving. It should have been you were there. <laughs> you see? You see? You go to be loved. 
because that's the truck. Instead of go to be loved. And the measure you're judging is the measure you're being judged because you're missing the very thing that you're seeing them to be is the very thing you are. So when you walk into a church to be loved, you're missing your creative value and purpose. And you set men up to fail you and now you have a reason to be failed and not be like him. And it's always about what people are going to do. Ain't that something? I'm done selling cheap not for sale. The Bible says my body's not my own, I'm bought with the price. And I'm not my own. You know what 2 Corinthians 5 says? The love of Christ compels me as I judge someone. One died, all died. And if we live because he died, then those that live ought to live for him. Never again live for themselves but him and die. Never again live for themselves but him and die. I don't know that we're preaching the gospel that way. I think we're preaching if you die tonight, you don't know where you're going for the prayer. And I'm saying, die to yourself. Learn what it means. Get alone with God. Crucify that thing in prayer. And come out of that place. Kneel before him and talk to him. Get communion with him. And then stand up and yield yourself to him. Lift your heads high when nobody's looking. And say stuff like this. Father, thank you. Nobody owes me anything today. I am found completely in you. I thank you the reason I need men is so we can lock arms and cover the earth with your glory. But I find myself in you. No man can fail me today. I'm done with hurt, frustration, discouragement, and stress. God, I am in your peace and your peace is in me. And today is going to be really good. That's what needs to be done over breakfast before you get to work. And maybe the start of your day is somebody's fault. Yeah? Y'all good? I said plenty. Uh, let's do something. Can I just totally shift the gear? Can we pray for the sick? So we didn't talk about that. Well, we did. New creation, all that good stuff. It's all in there something. <laughs> this one we're going to pray for the sick. Tonight we're going to pray for the sick because I want to. He's <laughs> not telling me I can. <laughs> so if I don't hear a no, that means I have a yes because it's a yes and amen gospel. A lot of us are listening for a yes. Should I minister to them? Should I go pray for them? Should I go talk to them? Probably already got a yes. Your own apprehensions are probably making you wonder. And you're interpreting as a no. Should I go love on that person? Let me pray. Just go. That's it. That's all the time. Just go. Ask you. Go. So just go. No, not not a blow. Let's pray for the sick. Let's do it together. Let's keep it simple. It'll be fun. It'll really be fun. Are you guys in? It'll take just a few minutes here and we'll go pray for the sick. Is that good? You happy with that? So, so here's, when I shifted that gear, don't get weirded out by that. Listen, what I preach is in your conviction. It's the Holy Spirit has a voice in your life forever. You don't even know how set up you are. You can live outside this truth deliberately, but you won't be able to do it without hearing what you heard tonight in your heart. 
I'm so excited because the Lord's alive. And I'm not a super big order called God. Here's why. What you believe will be revealed in your life. And what you really want, what you really want to become will begin to be the fruit on your tree. Amen. And you'll start to get convictions and, and if you really want this thing, you'll start yielding this thing as it confronts you. Just stop you right in the middle of a conversation. I hope you see my face right here. You <laughs> <laughs> just change so my face stops. You wake up in the middle of that. You're right here. Out to the car and just stop and weep and going, God, that is so not what I hear anything wrong on earth. And go back into your spouse and say, Hey, listen, I can't possibly do my car. I'm so out of order. Those words came from such a place that I never want to see in my heart again. And I'm going to talk to you like that for years. But that day's changing. All I can ask you to do is forgive me, but I assure you, I'm confronted by it and I'm pursuing you for change. Thanks for understanding how your day's awesome. And he's turning you back in the car and go, have a Jesus day. And then you stay consistent keep living that way, following convictions, and even the people you've hurt in the past will still be so touched by who you've been, they'll forget what you were. Yeah? Yeah. And you're not doing it so they see it, you're doing it because he's the Lord. Yes. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. I'm just telling you, I'm going to live this way, and nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to do wrong and not think you're going to be changed because I won't cry because of you. I won't go to prayer because I'm mad at you. I'll leave for you. Because if you do me wrong, it just tells me you have no idea who you are. And you're living far below what you're created for. And I will weep for you in the presence of the Lord. And you know what? Because of that motive, it will reach heaven and the Holy Spirit will come. I'm just telling I've had to counsel people. I've confronted people from a heart of love, but strong. But for their sake. I've had them call me. My dad and countless people have called me at home. I can't get your words out of my head. I can't stop thinking about what you said. I just need prayer. I need to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're trying to run, but they can't. Why? Because love is pursuing them. Yeah? yeah? Man, he's so good. So he was, he was like us. He's like, hey, fine, go. Then I'll find someone. You want to run so hard? Run, fine, fall off the earth if you want. Whatever, man. You ain't been there for me. Why should I really care? See, that's not the Where sin is abounding, and grace is coming later. Why? Because he never sees you for what you're doing. He sees you for what you're created to be. And on your darkest day, he can lose sight of why you're here. And love never fails. Okay, we're going to pray for the sick. Now listen, when you pray for the sick, and I encourage you to all start praying for the sick, no matter what your background, what denomination you're from, please, just start praying for the sick. Don't preach theology. Just get your hands out and pray for them and believe God will come and do something. Don't, don't, you don't have to get caught up in doctrinal differences. Just please start praying for the sick. There's a simple reason. Mark 16 says, These signs shall follow those that believe. It's talking about praying in tongues, Casting out devils, stuff that we don't even talk about in our But the very last example is you shall lay your hands 
Isn't it amazing the signs of a believer that are read letters that Jesus said are the things we fight over the most? This is right. <laughs> he says, we're speaking in tongues, and we take the initiative to decide what that should look like, how it should look, and when it should look. <laughs> he says, guess not devils. I'm like, what devils? I think they're all going to be <laughs> And at the end, he says, you shall a believer. The believer shall what? So if you're not laying hands on the sick, you're just revealing you aren't sure what you believe about that. And you might even believe God heals, but you're not seeing him healing through you. you don't, so you're not going to put your hand, but you might take him to church for prayer. But the believer lays whose hand? Guess what the number one reason I found that Christians don't pray for the sick? The number one reason? They're afraid nothing will happen. So because they don't pray, they already have what they fear. You see the dilemma? Do you see the dilemma? Do you see that it's self-preservation? It's the number one reason people don't pray for sick. They're afraid nothing will happen. Why? Because we turn faith into a point in time. Hit this, win or lose. We see it as crunch time. We take off pressure. We try to pray right or powerful. Don't get results. Get into works. And then back out because we're confused. Don't understand. Don't ever want to be in an uncomfortable position again. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. It's happening. Who's ever prayed for the sick in here? And when you prayed for the sick, you got more conscious about what you were saying, what you were praying, and how you sounded on that side. We're trying to pray right and powerful and in the name of Jesus. Or whatever. Or we're just trying to sound spiritual. We put on our intercession voice. Father, I just thank you and I just come right now in the name of Jesus, your son. And you don't even talk like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's two things, there's two things you'll find when you pray for the sick. You'll pray for people that if they got healed, they wouldn't know it right now. Because it's something that comes and goes, it's a migraine, they don't have one, but they get them all the time. They just don't have one, or they need to go sit in their truck and drive for five hours in their 18-wheeler, and that's when their sciatic thing kicks on because they've been sitting for three straight hours. Uh, and you hear stuff like that. Who knows we all hear stuff like that? Yeah. Who's been out in public? You hear people just talking like that. You're in a grocery line, somebody's just talking like that. Yeah. And I'm just so glad I don't have a migraine, man. What, what happened? You migraines. And there are two people in front of you, and you're, and you're just hearing them talk, and you're just standing there waiting to pay for your couple groceries, and they're, oh, man, it's, it's just... It's Brutal. It just shuts me down for like 36 hours. I thought it was going to hit me today or yesterday. I'm afraid it's going to be soon because I haven't gone this long. It's right around now. I used to get them, but they haven't been down for about seven weeks. Who's ever heard people just talk like that? That's when you just reach up and you just tap You got nothing to lose. The worst thing you can do is pull out a nine mil and you're in shoes. That's probably the worst. And you're not going to die. So, so get over all that. Just stop thinking that way. That's probably not going to happen. But you know, the worst they'll probably do is say no thank you and not even be really rude. That's probably the worst. I'm just being a little facetious with the whole nine millimeter. But the truth is, even if they do that, <laughs> do you know how many Christians are Christians for now and they live in the moment instead of living for that day? We're like using Christianity to make life happen instead of living a life in Him for that day. 
Most of us are just trying to get through, guys, whatever that means. We already won. Amen. You're already in So here's the deal. You just pray for him. You just say this, and I heard you say, No, I say that. I say, please don't say that. I just really want to pray for you. Please don't say that. I've got nothing to do with this. I'm just going to pray for you. They almost always say okay. And when they say okay, please don't embarrass them. Don't make a scene. Don't pray for five minutes about everything else. Because, <laughs> Father, I thank you for your grace and love for them. You might not even touch them. Father, I just thank you that nothing can stop it. Lord, I thank you that no one like you is paying me ever, ever come back. Father, I thank you for peace and all of us. Jesus said. You do that believing in the spirit, believing in God's people, believing in the saints, and believing in the I just stand here and I know you believe me for hours. But I can stand here for hours and tell you testimonies and stories about stuff like that. For hours. Why? Because from the beginning, the Lord told me to pray for the sick. In my bed, to lay hands on the sick. Because it's a sign that follows the believer. Laying hands on the sick is before them being healed. They've got to start there. <laughs> We're so busy hashing out the healing, we just pull our hands out. By the time we're done hashing, we ain't got no hands out. We're praying from the car. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking down saying, Father, get your will, you're just going to walk straight. straight now. 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 I guess you need my help, No, you get out of the car and walk over there. I park my car, I get out and just pray for people. I'll just pull over my car and say, Excuse me, man. Okay, what'd you do? Oh, I told me, yeah. No way. Listen, man, I'll slide right into my knees. Listen, man, just hold still. I can see me getting away from me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you doing? It's all right, man. Just hold still. You're going to love this. Jesus is amazing. He's not kidding. He loves you. You parked your car to come over and pray for me? Yeah, man, don't think it's weird. Please don't think it's radical. Radical was 2,000 years ago. God became a man and died on the cross for me and deserved to. It's less than this. I can do this. That's radical. Yeah. Part of my heart is a given. <laughs> <laughs> Father, I just send you for brand new knee, for Ace and Lumber, for the whole thing. This is a true encounter right here. This is one that's come to my mind. I've seen a bunch of ACLs here, but this is a true, actual story. I said, Father, I just send you for healing. And then I said, He's just looking at me and says, Thanks, man. I said, No, no, we're not done. I need you to take a couple steps from your swap, man. Like you never had to ACL. He walks in and goes, what the blank? <laughs> <laughs> he says, see, because he's walking down the street. And I pull in, what's up, man? So I said, take out the steps. He goes, what the blank? And it's not like he went, whoa. And he came right back. When he said, what the blank, he stayed fine. Why? Because God wasn't thrown by that. He knows all things. He wasn't covering Jesus. Protecting his son from the... Oh, we're so close, Jesus. Did you 
and it needs to be settled and established. You can't be rooted and grounded in love unless you find love through Him. You don't find love through your circumstances, you find love through the Son. So lock in tonight if we're praying for you. If you raised your hand, know this. He loves you, or He never sent a Son. So all I want you to do when we pray is thank Him in your heart for loving Him. Okay? There's a reason faith works the more. It doesn't work because you have a physical condition. Faith works because you have covenant in God. If you touch them, if you tap them, if you're standing with them, all I want you to do right now, and I'm going to pray a simple prayer the next round, I'm going to pray. You watch, we're going to have so much fun tonight. I'm just excited. Can you tell I'm excited? Can you tell I'm not nervous? Good. Because I don't heal anybody, neither do you. You just believe. But he gives us the great privilege of being in on it, experiencing it, and going after it. You say, yeah, but your mother died. Yeah. I've seen so many people heal because I won't let that decide yeah. yeah. <laughs> So right now, if you touch it and you're standing with them, all I want you to do is say, people, in Jesus' name. And tell that thing to never come back. We don't even know what it was. We didn't even ask The sickness, infirmity, weakness, don't you ever come back. Any dysfunction, never come back. Complete hopeless. Father, I thank you. Hopeless all through the room. People that I think to raise their hand. I thank you these things change right now. Completely leave and never come again. I thank you testimonies rise out of this little moment of time tonight. I thank you people that know each other in this room begin to share and say, you know what, when I raise my hand tonight, that thing has never come back, it's never shared. You know when I got that test? Everything wasn't even there anymore. That's amazing. This is God. It's so good. Father, I thank you testimony after testimony after testimony just pop up and be planted in the hearts of men. And Lord, I thank you that they even be stirred to just continue to believe this way and minister this way and go after these truths. Father, but I thank you the number one reason these people are being healed tonight, the number one, is because you love them. And you prove that to me in my heart and to our hearts to the Son. In Jesus' name, Paul. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so who's my next group? If that was my first group, who's my next group? People that would know if they were here. People that are bone on bone. People that can't hear. People that can't hear out of an ear or see out of an eye. Last week we had a man that was born out of an ear, born with an ear that he never heard out of, and he heard when the people prayed in our little moment coming up. Another lady, completely deaf in one ear and 70% the other, boom, the ears popped right open. That's fine. There were so many things that happened, and they're going to happen right now. Why? Because he's good, and we're going to get involved. And we're going to get in the game with him. And he's really going to like that. Yeah. Like, if, if you'll participate tonight, if you're nervous, oh man, I want you on my team. <laughs> you have no idea how bad I want you on my team if you're nervous. Why? Because you won't rely on yourself. But if you'll just step out, he'll be so excited. If you're sick in your body, you got a herniated disc, ruptured stuff, you got a rotator cuff problem, and you can't rotate your shoulder, you're having a hard time getting your arm up over your head, you're bone on bone, you got arthritis stuff all through your body, you got anything that's not wholeness that you can tell in your body, that you can locate, find, that limits you, heals you, or whatever, and that if you were healed, you would know it, because it would you'd be able to really sincerely check it. I need you to stand on your feet if you can. And if you can't stand, wave your hand if you want prayer when we come to you. Please stand.
If you can stand, stand on your feet. Please, I want everybody that fits this list. If you make some in your vow and said, I'm never going to stand when the pastors do this, speaker because I'm never healed, I'm just never going to do it. Please, give us a shot tonight and stand on your feet and break that little in your vow, okay? And if you're one of those that say, well, I don't want to stand because I don't want to claim or confess this sickness because I'm in faith. I don't even know why we teach that stuff and what scripture you read. It says, if any among you is sick, let him ask for prayer. You're not taking the identity of the sickness when you ask for prayer. What you're saying is, this isn't his best for me. This isn't what he wills. And this isn't my lot in life. And I want it to leave. People say, well, I just don't want to claim it. You're not claiming it. You're saying, it's in me and I want it to go. <laughs> yeah? It's just gotten a little overboard and weird with that thing. So some people will just sit there and won't move because they say, well, I'm already in faith and I don't want to claim it. You're not claiming it. That'd be like me walking up to Arlen and saying, hey, buddy, how you doing? He's got a headache. It feels like his head's splitting half. I say, how you doing? All he says, I'm great, brother. I'm blessed coming in going out. I'm the head, not the tail for each God bless God. Right? And I go talk to somebody else. And Arlen's sitting there, oh, are you saying the right thing? No, it'd be better if Arlen just said, yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Man, right now my head feels like it's splitting in two, but I know God loves me. You see the price of my redemption. If you'll agree with me and pray, I just believe God will take that from me. Would you pray? Yeah. That's faith. Yeah. Not doing good, but bless God. He just asked for prayer. Are you with me? Yeah. Anybody else need to stand that's still holding out on me and sitting in their seat? Don't make me go fishing. I'm a good fisherman. Don't test the Lord. No, seriously. I was just in church last week, and I said, ma'am, whoever you are, I said, it's the sides of your knee. It's actually on the sides of your knee, especially your right one. When you go up steps, it feels like a knife. It's bothering you. You're still in church. You just wake up and say, sorry. <laughs> I was in church. I said, you're a lady. You're sitting here. And I said, you were in your kitchen this week, and you couldn't open a jar that you've opened your whole life. And you said in your heart, something's wrong with me. I'm losing my grip and my strength. What's wrong with my body? She just read up and started falling. Now, some people do that because they want to see if God calls them out. I think it's more faith to trust God and just jump up and don't test the So I'm giving you a chance to stand up before I go fishing. Anybody need to stand up that's not up yet? Anything less than holiness? Please? Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Why would I wait? We've got plenty of people to pray for already. we got enough. Why would I wait? Because I know it's real and I want you up. Come on. Why would I wait? I got plenty. We got enough. A couple more quick stand up if you need to. I'm not even going fishing. I'm not even casting my line tonight. Anybody else? Thank you, man. That's awesome. Oh, you're playing that last shot. The first thing, watch. You'll be done good before we even get home. <laughs> I'm talking to you in the white over there. <laughs> okay, here's what we're going to do. Need you guys let's do this together, but I don't want anybody praying yet. If you're standing, raise your hand, just one hand. We're not worshiping the Lord here, you're just being identified and located. So, you know, just raise your hand, real high so we can see you. Don't put it down if you need prayer. The people sitting, you're my prayer team. I know I didn't ask this ahead of time, and I know you didn't sign up for this. I'm enlisting you. Enlisting you. If you say I can't and I won't, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm just gonna love you. But man, if you're nervous, I wish you would. If you've never done this before, I really wish you would. Because here's the deal, you can't go wrong. We're going to do a six-second prayer. I'm going to teach you something simple. We're going to pray. I'm only going to give you six to eight seconds. You can't go wrong. 
You say, six take a gap because your prayer never has, never will heal anybody. It's what you believe about him. So be healed in Jesus' name is probably plenty of words when there's a revelation in understanding. I think we get too self-conscious when we pray for this I think we try too hard because we're sincere. I think we get in the way of God and move it with the works and we think that we have to open a prayer college. <laughs> How to do it. Keep your hands up. People sitting one-on-one. -on -one. Don't, don't tag team because we need enough people to cover. There's a lot of people standing. I think we can do this, but I need your participation. Please, just stand up. Don't pray for them yet. Just go claim them. Have fun with it and say, hey, you're mine. If you never did this, go tell them, hey, I've never done this before. Just go claim somebody, find somebody, preferably somebody you don't even know. Just go, don't do an easy thing and grab your wife. Go grab somebody you don't even know. As soon as they find you and claim you, put your hand down. Put your hand down if you're claimed. I don't want your hand up if nobody made their way to you yet. I have a young lady right on the front, right here. If I could have somebody up here to pray for this young lady up here. You got the man cover? Right here? I just need some, if a lady's available, could she come up and pray for this young lady? Oh, that'd be awesome. Look at that. They're tag team and you're in trouble now. <laughs> you got triple Jesus coming right now. Triple dose, man. Okay, do we got everybody covered? You still need somebody to connect? You got it? Back in the back corner, I got one more guy back there with his hand up. Can somebody run back there that's available? Thank you, sir. That is amazing. We got everybody covered. Go like this if nobody claimed you yet. I'm missing you. It's so hard to see everybody. Go like this. No, we're good, right? Okay, awesome. If we can do this quick. It'll be awesome. It'll be fun. Take three seconds, just three seconds. Ask the person you're going to pray with why they stood. If it's not too personal, tell them and give them the three-second version. Like, don't tell them the story. Just our friends are getting from our herniated disc, neck pain, car wreck three years ago, whatever. Three seconds, you should know. Y'all good? Everybody got, you guys are good. You got quiet on your own. That's amazing. You guys are doing this. You're going to be way quicker than me, I can tell. Everybody got it? Okay, now here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you about six to eight seconds to pray. There's a reason. It's for your sake. I promise you, I've been around this thing. One of the biggest challenges is self-consciousness when we pray for the sick. Worry, is God going to show up? Is anything going to happen? And we get all, and then we try to pray right, hard, powerful. You got to throw all that away. Take a sigh of relief tonight and say, you know what? It's not my prayer that heals the sick. My prayer never heals the sick. It's what I believe about what he accomplished, and it's not for me. That's all unbelievable tonight, that he loves the person I'm standing with, but he wouldn't have put his son on the cross. And I'm not getting caught up in, is it his will, is it his will, is it his timing, is it his timing? He said, the sign follows a belief, and I'm going to lay their hand on the sick. Tonight, I'm stepping out to believe that I'm going to lay my hand on the sick, and the sick will recover. Why? Because of who he is and what he did through his son. That's all I'm going to keep it that simple, right? You going to keep it that simple with me? That's why I'm giving you six to eight seconds to pray, because you get in trouble because <laughs> if they told you they have arthritis pains all through their joints watch this six to eight seconds arthritis you leave the body why would I say that Matthew 17 if you have faith you'll say to the mountain move and the mountain will what 
in that awesome, and nothing shall be impossible for me. And say, God, he said, you, why? Because he expects you to understand his sin. It's awesome. So watch this. Arthritis you leave, every pain you go, mobility you restore in Jesus' name. And then I like to say this, this is personal for me. I encourage people to, because I think we don't see the love of God well and much. I say stuff like this, in Jesus' name, Father, thank you. Because you love Because faith works through love. Now here, after we pray, our six to eight seconds, here's what we're going to do, because everybody that stood up would know if they're healed, right? Here's what I don't want. I don't want exaggeration in the room. That would be cool. I don't want you looking at the person that prayed for you and thinking, they might feel bad if I tell them not to change. I'll just tell them they're going to white lie. No, a lie is a lie. Revelation 19 says, you lie, you lie. <laughs> So I want you to heal tonight, not frying. Okay, I don't want you leaving here. Ah! I want you to heal. No, I'm just kidding. I'm having fun. But watch this. I don't want exaggeration. We're not trying to protect each other. We just want to activate our hearts in the truth and grow in the truth. I don't want any exaggeration. So what I want you to do after we pray, whatever it means to check yourself thoroughly, take time. You won't make us nervous. Take your time and validate that you know you're in a place where, oh my goodness, this thing's not here. Wow, there's no way I can do that before they pray. Wow, my arm, my arm stopped right there. What? You get what I'm saying? Wow, I couldn't touch the middle of my back. You see what I'm saying? When you know your body's changed because you checked it. Couldn't squat down, so you squat down. Whatever. You see what I'm saying? When you know your body's changed, you let us know. I want you to let us know. Okay? Please don't exaggerate. I want you to let us know. All kind of cool things are going to happen. This is fun. Why? Because of who he is. And I promise you, he likes this. He likes that you stood up. I'll tell you what he really likes. That you all stood up to stand with him. It's one thing if I line you all up tonight and pray, flow, gifting, whatever, I can flow in. It's another thing if we all get involved in empowering and encouraging, say, you know what? This is simple. I can do this. I can start living this way. I can start here and begin to build. You hear me? Yeah. If your body doesn't change, oh, what, Pastor? If your body doesn't change, don't disconnect. Don't say, see, I knew I shouldn't have stood. It never changes. Every time I stand up, there's got to be something wrong with me. Everybody else is getting healed, and I'm the one that doesn't get healed. Stop. Tonight, that is not permissible. It never was in the first place. You should know better. But tonight, stop. Right? Okay. Watch. If your body doesn't change, and you don't feel any change, here's what I want you to do. Just tell the person you prayed for, right now it doesn't feel any different. I just want to listen to it. Well, this is a few sincere testimonies. Because as soon as you know you're here, I want you to go like this. Okay? We're going to share a couple testimonies. When you hear their testimony, wow, Father, thank you. Man, you're in the room, you did that for her, you did that for him. That's awesome. You're such a healer. Thank you for what you're doing in you. And then check your body again. In a room this size, you don't see what happens. It's, when the room's really big, it's like popcorn to me. 
It's like, like there's a bunch of people that'll go, oh, I'm healed, or it might be a handful, and then we'll tell four testimonies, and all of a sudden the hands triple. And then I'll say, you didn't have your hand up, bro. No, my body just changed when they shared. I checked, and it was like golden. And I'm like, it wasn't golden. No, I checked it like four times, and it was still there. And then, boom. They're like, whoa, why? Because faith's not a point in time. Faith's not a hit, miss, win, or lose. It's not maybe you will, maybe you won't. Faith is the position of your heart to be able to accomplish. So the Christian only ever has one response. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being so good. And thanks for what you're doing in my body and my life. That's the only response you ever have. Anything else is human wisdom. The way that seems it's right. Throw it away. Yeah? yeah. So we're going to do this. We're going to check your bodies. If it doesn't change, don't disconnect. Hang in there. Listen to testimonies. We'll teach you the more we'll all get out of here in a decent time, okay? We started at 6.30. I think that just gives me an extra half hour. So. <laughs> Are you all ready? Now, I know you don't believe this, but I'm not going to talk for six seconds. <laughs> I can do In here, all things. I can do all things. Six seconds, I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to let you guys pray. I'm not praying over top of you. I'm not praying to corporate prayers for people that say, oh, it's because we're under the umbrella of this anointing. That's what people try to pull on us. No, Jesus wants us to live as believers, not as And guess what the sign follows? Believers. And that's what we are. So you all ready? Yes. You didn't forget what you're praying for. Look at him and make him nervous. Quick. Just look at him with big eyes like, You always make him nervous. Across from you. Are you all ready? Are you ready? About six to eight seconds, I'm going to say, okay, wrap it up. And when I do that, wrap up, close out your prayer in the name of Jesus, acknowledge God's love. If you're being prayed for, I don't want you going. <laughs> Simple from the heart, you don't even have to speak. Just position yourself there and let them pray. Okay? Are you ready? Six to eight seconds. It's going to be a mouth fire. Go.
but you're sure it's definitely better, it's noticeably better. Who's that? Raise your hand, all points. See that? Look at that. That's great. So now with these, wow. When these guys share some testimonies, you guys thank God he's making you completely whole. She 
you pray that I'm not hearing as I did as I was 20 years old? You didn't hear my amazing sermon? So it's going? Uh, 
last time you could do that and not hurt? That years. I was going to say, that many years, two to three years, and all of a sudden tonight you're doing that much. No trace of Jesus. You just feel different in you in that way where you're describing stress. But let's stretch your hands to this gentleman, please, guys. Prince of Peace, we just thank you, King Jesus. That you rest upon him and you continue to touch his eye, his perspective, his emotions, and his life. And God, we thank you that rest that he feels and experiences right now in you, that rest that is a real experience in you, that that rest would remain and stay upon you. Father, if he's stinking wrong, if he gets himself in trouble with his thoughts, I ask that you come to his rescue, realign, give him answers, and just father him through this. But I thank you that rest that he feels and enjoys right now, that that would be the story of every day. God, we thank you for it because you love him. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is there one more? One more testimony? If not, we'll do some. Yeah, you got one. Do you see how many people there are? We'll just keep testifying. This is awesome. Oh. Okay. Oh. Yeah. See, he, he's he's helping what I was going to close with. If you didn't get change in your body, right? We we're going to actually. I was going to do a little quick second, second more thing, and just with everybody that didn't have any change, and we might quick do that. But watch what he just said. He's still enjoying, excited. Wow, God, you're healing. You're a healer. People are being changed. This is awesome, right? And when you leave here, you got one response: Father, thank you for what you what you did. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've been doing in me. God, I appreciate the restoration you're bringing to my life. I appreciate it. All things new. You keep your heart in fellowship, you keep your heart in faith, and you stay in the joy of the Lord. You see what I'm saying? Because if you're thinking anywhere else, it's going to produce unproductive stuff, going to harden your heart, going to do whatever. And what this man just said is actually the way we should live. Right? Let me do this. How many people we pray for? Nothing seemed to change in your body up until this point. You've heard all these testimonies, you've still been checking. But your body seems to be the same as it was. The same. Let me see your hands. Keep your hands up. That's okay. We've got to talk about this. We've got to do this. Okay. Is your person still here? Do you see your person? Don't say, hey, I want another person. <laughs> hey, I've been around. I've been around us. I did. They'll come over and say, hey, I want that lady back there. <laughs> She's glowing in the property. Oh, I've been around us. That's how we think and talk. You know, when people pray for it, they think, you know, or pray it. They're like, Are you sure you want me? Maybe we'll go get the Maybe we'll get that guy. We'll get that man. He heard his arm pop. Do you have your person? Everybody got the person? 
we're going to do. Now listen, this is very important. We let them, we'll do this quick. And we listen, and then this is it. I promise we're done. Watch. Don't change your prayer and grab the straws. That gets in the works. When you said those first six seconds is good enough. Don't change your prayer. How many times do we change prayer? Four of us stand there, and we say, let me try this. And next thing you know, we're quoting Old Testament stuff that stirs us once in a I'm just saying. Pray the same thing you prayed the first time. Believe it. Speak to that thing. Tell it to God. Come on, if you want something hard to break, you're hitting it with a sledgehammer and it doesn't break. What are you going to do, guys? You're going to wear up and swing again. Yeah, wife says, honey, dinner. You say, boom. <laughs> you got your person? This is all the people that experience nothing changing. Watch and see what happens. I believe things are going to change in the room, even somewhat like that. Give them six seconds. Pray the same prayer and speak again. Don't teach us here. Faith is not a point in time. Position in the language. Yep. Change. See, it's not about failing. It's about believing. Signs follow those that believe. We're believers. We're not failing. We're believers. Jesus' name. Amen. That's good. Wrap it up. Close it out because He loves them. Receive His love. Thank you that He loves you. Go ahead. My, my group of people that raised their hands that time, check your bodies real good and thorough. Tell me if your body changed that time. Check your bodies. Tell me if it changed. Nothing changed up till now, but that time when they prayed, something changed. Let me see who you are. Anybody? Anybody? Check, check, check. Just give a little, give them a second to check. Nothing changed up until then, but right now something's different. Or gone or better. Better? For sure. Be sure better. Nothing up until now, though, until right then. That's exciting. Yeah? What's your story? It's much better? So it changed that time. Now let me ask you this. Up until that last time they prayed, was it still exactly the same as it was the whole time? But it was pretty bad. So it noticeably changed that time in ways that you can definitely experience. That's exciting. She's the same back here. What's up? There's time to change, but it changed even better. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? She's doing stuff. Now look at all these hands that have come up. We prayed and talked to a lot of people and they were checking the whole time. I'm thinking, right? These guys are doing that stuff. So now we're getting all these hands come up saying something's different. You too? Let's go with her. What happened? Um, my knee has severe severe. Do you hear how dramatic she's being? She's trying to let us know. It's really bad. At nighttime, when I'm in bed, I can't get Does it just ache? Oh. Severe. Okay. And um, it didn't get all the way for the first time, but I heard it pop. Like he said about that. Yeah? Pop. Pop. Keep going, brother. Oh! <laughs> And you weren't able to do that. No, you would have been afraid to do that. I was limping in here. Have you, have you walked at all? Did you take a couple steps? 
take two steps? Take away, and the Lord doesn't have them fear before. 
Lord, we just thank you that you'll wake up and rejoice in you because you've made all things new. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're closing. I'm going to pray one thing over the people that still experience no change. And I want you to be encouraged. Don't think much on it. I want you to go home with one response. Please do this. You go home, be thankful, be in fellowship with God. I teach fellowship with God all the time. I don't turn faith and healing into a thing. It's all communion with God. So if you crawl in bed and your hip cracks you like it did every other night, don't roll over and say, oh boy, there we go again. I was hoping tonight would be the night. Don't do that. If it cracks you in bed, you roll over and you say, Father, I just so thank you for your love for me. Your unstoppable love, your grace, you're doing such good things, man. The testimonies tonight. Just people surrounding you, praying. Just, just what you're doing is awesome. Thank you for loving me. That'd be amazing. That's how that hip will change. And you just camp there. Let faith be faith. There's not a point in time. Are you with me? So, Father, I just thank you for everyone you've touched and prayed for. I just thank you for every person and every body being changed. Thank you for all the testimonies, all the ones that are no-brainers, the people that said, hey, it's done, the people that haven't seen change yet. I thank you. You're doing the work because we lay hands on the sick and we say, shower it, And we thank you for what you're doing in this room tonight. Thank you for the message. Thank you for our hearts. Convicted before you bring transformation and change for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen? Love you guys. Sorry I'm so long.